Well, as Les Brown said, if you want to keep getting what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. As Tony Robbins says, every moment, every day, there are three choices that each of us are making. It's what to focus on, what does this mean, and what am I going to do? So what to focus on, what does this mean, and what am I going to do? We're going to look at two examples here, pretty amazing examples. One, Al Capone's lawyer, uh, another, a World War II hero, and the reality of choices and consequences. So again, if you want to keep getting what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. Those three questions, what to focus on, what does this mean, what am I going to do? Tony Robbins shares he learned a lot about that one day. He was living at home still. He was uh, young, mother and dad, brothers and sisters there. They had no money for groceries. Somebody knocked on the door. A stranger was on the porch. They said, I heard you needed groceries. These are for your family. Tony Robbins and his dad were there on the porch. They had very different responses. What did the father focus on? He was angry. He didn't trust anybody. What does this mean? He chose to believe it meant he had failed since he couldn't afford groceries. What did he do? He left, never came back. Tony Robbins, same situation. What did he focus on? You know, wow, people do care. What does this mean? There's love in the world. What do you do? He chose to, to begin seeking ways to, to feed people that couldn't afford food, and he opened a charity eventually, and they fed uh, several hundred million people to this day. So again, what do you focus on? What does this mean, and what am I going to do? So let's take a look now at these two gentlemen. The first one, his name is Easy Eddie. This is back in the 1930s. Easy Eddie was Al Capone's lawyer there in Chicago. He was also somebody that was living a criminal lifestyle, you know, but he was treated very well by Al Capone. Capone gave him a mansion, uh, you know, everything he wanted he could have financially. But eventually, Easy Eddie was taken by the FBI and they said either go to prison for life or turn state's evidence against Al Capone. And he chose to turn state's evidence against Al Capone, knowing that it was going to cost him his life, which it did, as we'll see here in a minute. Born also in Chicago, this gentleman here, Butch O'Hare. Butch O'Hare, a World War II hero, uh, saved a number of lives, given the Medal of Honor. He died in the war, but he was given a special just honor by his hometown. We'll see here in just a minute. Two men, worlds apart, but their story so intertwined. And what you'll see here is that story still applies today. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 6, 11. This is from the message paraphrase. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Maybe it's time to expand what you are living for. You know, probably most people are familiar with Jim Caviezel. He played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. He's gone on to share his faith and how his life is changed by Christ. He shares things that are unpopular as he speaks out against the perversion of Hollywood He's lost movie roles, TV roles, because he's so outspoken about his faith. And he's outspoken again about what Hollywood is putting out in movies and shows. But I love his quote here. Have the courage to step into this pagan world and shamelessly express your faith. 
The world needs proud warriors animated by their faith. Warriors like Paul and Luke, who would risk their names and lives to take love for Jesus into the world. Be saints. God is calling each of us. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. I love this last line here. You were not made to fit in. You were born to stand out. Let's talk about the need to stand out in the difference of the mind of Christ versus the the world itself. There's a psychological term called the, the cobra effect. The cobra effect is simply when you attempt a solution for a certain problem and you actually make the problem worse. This term here, the cobra effect, comes out of a situation in Dubai, India. What happened is the the British government in India was concerned about the number of cobras. And so what they came up with is they would offer a bounty to any citizen that brought them a dead cobra. And it seemed to be successful. A lot of snakes were brought in for reward. But eventually, some enterprising individuals began to breed cobras. And then they would raise them. And then they would kill them, take the carcass into the government. And the government eventually became aware of these basically pet stores doing this. So they got rid of the reward program. And now all these cobra breeders had these snakes... They couldn't cash them in for money. So what they did is they let them all go into the wild. And now there are more cobras in the wild than before they offered this bounty. So the cobra effect, often it uh, makes the problem worse. And this happens especially when it comes to worldly thinking and man's best wisdom. Let me give you an example. And this is especially true here in Ohio, especially in Summit County. But let's take a look at what happens when greed and selfishness and what people offer from their worldly wisdom for problems and how they often make things worse. So the Sackler family, you might have seen documentaries on them. They own Purdue Pharma. They came up with this drug, OxyContin. It's a, it's a painkiller. It's an opioid. The problem is they made a false claim to say about 1% of people that take OxyContin become addicted. The reality is the numbers roughly 10 to 12% of people, once they take OxyContin, become addicted to opiates. They eventually then move on to heroin, which is very, very deadly. Perhaps you know people that maybe had a broken arm or surgery and they were prescribed OxyContin and They became addicted now to opioids. It's very deadly. Uh, Between 1999 to 2019, half a million people overdosed, fatal overdoses. 2020, there were 93,000 fatal overdoses just in that year alone. What the Sackler family do, Purdue Pharma, uh, $8.3 billion settlement in lawsuits. And the Sackler family, the owners, agreed to a $4.5 billion bankruptcy settlement that gave them a lifetime legal shield, but only after they took in $12 billion in profits. Billions in profits at the cost of 500,000 lives. Essentially, nobody answered for that. Consider QuestCore, they 
obtain rights to an infant seizure drug. What do you think they did? Give it out for free? Could be a life-saving drug for an infant. Once they got the rights to it, QuestCore raised the price of the drug over a few years, 97,000%. What does that mean? A vial that was $40 within 10 years, that same vial was $39,000. Don't try to fit into this world. You were born to stand out. Let me give you a couple examples how to, to improve your relationships radically when you take on the truth and you live in the truth instead of the selfishness, when you live in the light of Christ instead of in the world. Well, here's the changes that you and I can start immediately if you're not doing this. I'll give you two examples for marriage. Radically change your marriage. First one comes out of a Harvard School of Public Health study along with Bowling Green University. Here's what they found. What happens when the word is at work in you, when you mix the word with faith? They found this. Regularly attending church service together reduces a couple's risk of divorce by a remarkable 47%. Just regularly attending worship together. This one's incredible here from Gallup Research. For couples, you can reduce the divorce rate from a staggering one and two to just one and 1,052 by doing one simple thing. For couples that pray together every night, the divorce rate goes from a staggering one and two to just one and 1,052. You were born to stand out, not fit in, no matter the cost. Because the world's best thinking doesn't compare at all to the eternal word of Christ. Anthony Flew, former atheist, wrote the book, There is a God. Now, there's plenty of atheists that write books when they come to faith. What's so interesting about Anthony Flew, he was 81 when he came to faith in Christ. 81. It's never too late. Before that, an outspoken atheist. When he started to study the origin of life, he said there's no way that this is chance. Here's what's interesting about Anthony Flew at 81, gave his life to Christ, wrote a book about moving out of atheism to faith. His former colleagues, well, they said he must have taken ill and lost his mind. How different, as Chris Gowen says, to know whatever the need, Jesus is all you need. If it's salvation, Jesus is your Savior. If it's comfort, Jesus is your comforter. If it's advice, Jesus is your counselor. If it is healing, Jesus is your healer. If it is wisdom, Jesus is your teacher. That's why I love this inscription at Staunton Herald Church in Staunton, England. This inscription shares this. In the year 1653... When all things sacred throughout the nation were destroyed or profaned, this church was built to the glory of God by Sir Robert Shirley. Listen to this. Whose singular praise it was to have done the best things in the worst times. There's plenty of things wrong in the world. Let us live and say, I am going to do the best things 
even in the worst times. We all know John 16, 33. Just know this is hours before Jesus goes to trial, is beaten and crucified. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That word overcome could be conquer, be victorious, prevail, subdue. All those words apply. And what he did, he says you and I then can do because we follow in his footsteps and he has empowered you to live that same life, to be an overcomer, to conquer, be victorious, prevail, subdue. To walk out your faith. If the devil can't deceive you, he can't defeat you. So stop falling for the lies of the enemy. Jack Moraine said, you can't live out of last week's prayer. What is your this day prayer? What is your today prayer? What is your today faith? That's what makes the difference that moves a mountain. Incredible story by Ron Morris out of Thailand Missions. He shared as he was there in Thailand, they had the worst grasshopper plague anybody could remember. As Ron Morse would share, the leader of the village came up and said, you go home, gather Christians, and pray that the grasshoppers leave. I'll give you three weeks. If you come back in three weeks and the grasshoppers have left your fields and they're still in the non-Christian fields, I'll help you lead this whole village to Jesus Christ. What a challenge, Moore said, and with earnestness and sincerity, the Christians, they began to pray. However, three weeks later, Ron came back to that village. He was devastated by what he saw. The Christians' fields were still filled with grasshoppers. He said there were actually more than there were before they prayed. Until they began to examine the fields. They found the grasshoppers in the Christian fields were only eating the weeds. They didn't touch the rice. But in the non-Christian fields, the grasshoppers were destroying the rice. On top of that, he said there were so many grasshoppers in the Christian fields, the droppings they left behind fertilized the ground. They had this abundant harvest of rice. And everybody in that village began to proclaim there is a God. How do you walk in that type of life? Know your identity in Christ and don't let the enemy deceive you and don't follow the, the world's wisdom. But take on the mind of Christ. Conquer, overcome, be victorious, prevail, subdue. As John Wimber said, we will never do what Jesus did until we believe what Jesus believed. When you take on his beliefs and let his life be that guide in your decisions with your life, your career, your marriage, your family, your finances, all things then are different. I love the studies about money because money's a central part of our life. Let's not be naive. To be poor, people testify it's a very difficult thing. It's very painful. But there's a, a limit to what money can do in a person's life. And so there's many of these studies. I'll just share this one here from Purdue University. They wanted to know how much emotional well-being is impacted on a daily basis by money. Your daily emotions. How much difference does money make? And then on the long term, 
How does it bring satisfaction and help you reach goals? How much money makes a difference? So here's the thing. Your daily well-being, they said the limit that money impacts emotions in a positive way stops at $65,000. If you have a salary of $65,000, anything above that will not move your happiness level at all. Doesn't mean people that make less than 65 are less happy. But if you think, if I just had more, the reality is 65,000, anything above that does not change a person's happiness. They said, what about reaching the, the big goals and overall satisfaction in life? They said, the reality is $95,000. Anything above that does not help people anymore in their overall satisfaction and goals in life. The world says, if I just had a, a little bit more, the studies bear out that that is simply not true. Here's something, though, that it can increase your fulfillment in life. Mike Bickle does a, a lot of teaching on prayer. He's written on prayer. He says, here's two things that you can do. You can start this moment to increase your prayer tenfold. It's not going to come with more money, more stuff, but two simple things. Number one is schedule a time for prayer, and number two is make a list. Those two simple things can alter your prayer life. But as Bickle says, you cannot consistently misuse hours each week and still have a strong prayer life. So allocate a time and say, here it is, and here's my list, and commit to seek his face. There's a wonderful story, again, the difference between world thinking and Christ thinking, the difference it makes. Go back to the 19th century, London, Charles Bradlaugh. He's a professional debater. He doesn't like this new guy in town, Hugh Hughes, who's a minister and who's drawing crowds and sharing the gospel. And Bradlaugh's an atheist, so he challenges Hughes to a debate. I'll show there's no God, and I'll show that the Bible's not true and it's myth. So Hughes takes out a letter and shares it as such. Here's Hughes' letter to Bradlaugh the atheist as he accepts his challenge. I propose to you we each bring some concrete evidence of the validity of our beliefs. Bring men and women who have been redeemed from sin and shame by our teaching, I will bring 100 men and women. I challenge you to do the same. However, the challenge continues. If you cannot bring 100 Bradlaugh to match my 100, I'll be satisfied if you bring 50 men and women who will stand and testify they have been lifted up from shame by your teaching. However, if you can't bring 50, bring 20 who will say, as my 100 will, they have great joy in life and self-respect from your atheistic teachings. If you cannot bring 20, I'll be satisfied if you bring 10. Nay, Bradlaugh, I challenge you to bring just one. Just one man or woman who will make such a testimony regarding the uplifting of your atheistic teachings. At that, Bradlaugh dropped out of the debate. 
Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way, says Paul. So we choose not to. So what about Easy Eddie and Al Capone and Butch O'Hare? Easy Eddie turned state's evidence on Al Capone. Months later, he was killed as he knew he would be. He'd been carrying a poem in his pocket every day for months. The poem reads as such. The clock of life is wound but once. No man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop. Now is the only time you own. It's clear that uh, Easy Eddie was thinking twice about his life choices. Now is the only time you own. Butch O'Hare, though, a World War II hero, pilot, received the Medal of Honor, saved countless lives. His hometown, same one as Easy Eddie, wanted to honor his life. Chicago O'Hare International Airport is named in honor of Butch O'Hare. Two men, Easy Eddie and Butch O'Hare, their lives ever entwined, was both born in Chicago. However, Easy Eddie and Butch O'Hare, their lives are ever intertwined because here's the reality. Easy Eddie was the father of Butch O'Hare. We make our choices and then our choices make us. Easy Eddie, choices and consequences of his life, tragic. But his son, Butch O'Hare, said, I want to be somebody different. I want to lay down my life for the good of others and a whole different outcome. If you want to keep getting what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. How much better, though, to have the courage to step into this pagan world, shamelessly express your faith, The world needs proud warriors animated by their faith. God is calling each of us, so set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out.